Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify. Hello and welcome to the e-commerce growth show. Uh, this is the first recording of uh, 2021, I'm pleased to say. Um, I'm in uh, Bristol, as you know, and uh, in the middle of another full lockdown. So uh, at the moment, my uh, cocktail of juggling, if you like, is two kids, two different curriculum. Um, my wife juggling two days a week, um, obviously me doing my job, and um, no internet bandwidth. So let's see how we get on today. But uh, I'm really excited to um, speak today about a very, very important uh, on 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 persona topic, if you like, at the moment, and uh, I'm going to be talking to uh, Derry Jones. Now, Derry is a very experienced uh, tech entrepreneur and founder and CEO of ThinkTribe. And uh, ThinkTribe help brands with fast and error-free user experiences. So we're going to talk a bit today about how that fits into the current climate that we're in. Hey, Derry, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. I'm not in Bristol. I'm down in Canterbury, yeah. in the southeast. We didn't get the snow day before yesterday, but I did drive through it on the way out of London. So uh, yeah, yeah, we had uh, we had some fun. We had I don't know two or three inches, but it was enough to make a, a reasonably big snowman and have a snowball fight. And uh, the kids are on the trampoline as well with all the snow all over it. So that was uh, kept them occupied and uh, you know trying to find things to do at the moment with uh, with obviously the restrictions and so on. But, yeah. Um, why, don't, why don't we start with a quick icebreaker? Um, you mentioned to me earlier that uh, the internet was founded or built, started in Canterbury. Tell us more. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those Michael Caine things, isn't it? Not a lot of people know that. Um, everybody assumes London, but uh, it was actually a spin out from the University of Kent here in Canterbury, uh, which is why I, how I moved down here uh, 25 years ago. Um, they had a bunch of techies in the computer lab using this operating system called Unix, and they were dialing up via modem into the States, into American universities and so on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the TCP/IP protocol had been developed. This is even before Tim Berners-Lee did his magic stuff, inventing the web protocol. Okay. So, so the internet was there. You could do emails, you could do other yeah. stuff, but you couldn't yeah. do web. And uh, so I came down, and they had some techies, and the university didn't really know what they had. So I wrote them a business plan. Um, I became their first, their first sort of business commercial employee, and I, I grew them from three techies to you know 30 staff, and uh, you know all the rest. It's history. A funny story there. Um, you know, a year or two later, I got a phone call from a, 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 a guy with a posh London act, posh uh, accent from London, saying, "Hi, I'm looking to buy the internet." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, you can't. Well, yeah, I can't sell you the internet. I'm afraid." <laughs> yeah. Uh, I might have got a London bridge. I could sell. No, I've got. I've got one of those. But um, uh, so you know, it was just those days when people really didn't know what mm. the internet was and so on. So it was uh, wow. fantastic days. So you've seen the entire journey from basically it being nothing to being what it is now, like the absolute backbone of the world, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I remember um, a job I did before um, mm. before that was I spent six months with a, a medical missionary society going around Europe, wiring up their offices yeah. uh, to, so they could do emails to Africa, so they were remote staff. Wow. And these modems were like, you know, just yeah. so, so slow. Yeah. Uh, but that was wonderful. You could do international email um so uh yeah so before that i did a, had done a couple of startups um yeah. and uh you know digital background but moved across to marketing in my late 20s did the marketing yeah. diploma and so on yeah wow great journey great journey so you've seen so much well obviously now we're going to talk about the, the company that you founded 
Think Tribe um, and that you run now. And uh, that's obviously all about customer experience. And of course, we're we're very much both in the same world when it comes to that. Um, so as you mentioned, I mean, it's come into even more sharper focus now with what's going on with the accelerated shift to um, online. Um, and um, I suppose the, the key thing is to optimize CX, but um, the impact that might have on the quality of the online experience and how that affects the customers obviously comes into that sharp focus as well. So could you kind of open the, the chat around around that side of things for us? Yeah, I mean, customer experience, it's, you know, we're mm. talking about it a lot now. Mm. You know, the economic history, you know, 100 years ago, we had our first factories and you could buy mass-produced products. Mm. So it was all about, I can sell what I make. And then we turned into a service-based economy. Uh, and now we're much more, you know, whatever product or service you sell, the last battleground is the customer experience of the, yeah. the process of buying and using and phoning and emailing and Twittering and online. Mm -hmm. so, so online customer experience, what we all know is king now, but there's a, yeah. There's a collision course that we're all stuck in. We want, I want to improve my customer experience. I yeah. want to change my website. I want to plug in some cool plugins. I want to yeah, yeah. revamp, replatform. Yeah. But all those technical changes introduce technical risk. Yeah. And, and we've all experienced those you know, sites that weirdly are slow unexpectedly when they were fast a minute ago, or mm -hmm. you put something in the basket and then it won't let you check out. Or there's so many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just know that technology has bugs. and. Uh, mm. Uh, so we, we are half a ladder to digitally transform and at the same time we go take a step back and and then losing some customer experience and credibility and of course only a few only a few disgruntled users make a lot of noise on social media yeah yeah no, absolutely so how does i mean before we go into the solution side of it the challenges in, in general because obviously i know from our experience that when you're talking to a brand um and they have a lot of tech on their site already or you're looking to test with a proof of concept or something like that um it's very very important in terms of the technology that the supplier is providing that brand uh in terms of making sure it doesn't slow down the site or cause problems or whatever it might be especially at the kind of digital merchandising level um the engagement level you know and and stuff that regard you know that requires a lot of javascript and so on well, talk us through some of the challenges that you've experienced and the reasons why obviously Think Drive came about to try and solve those. Um, I mean, gosh, website technology has changed so much since I started yeah. the company 15 years ago, or whatever. Yeah. You know, back in the day, it was HTML yeah. and, and images, and that's all mm -hmm. you had. And then CSS came along, and now, of course, it's everything's driven by JavaScript, yeah. and the browsers do a whole lot more. So, yeah. so what we're left with is a really, you know, a powerful, better software running your store and lots lots can break so mm. different different uh, organizations have different sort of pain points where they realize gosh i've got to take seriously this gap between the cx we wanted to build yeah and the features we are building and actually the, the glitches and the weird slowdowns that and so sometimes it occurs after people have a problem like you know nobody on iphone could place an order for three hours there was some yeah. weird thing that only affected iphone users and mm. They're one of our biggest client markets. That was painful, or or people have less so now. But you know, three four years ago, people would have issues where whole chunks of their site would just not perform for hours at a time. Yes. Now it tends to be that gosh, we had a something happen last night. We had a, an increase in the number of complaints last night on the call center, and um, mm. 
So it's it's unexpected slowness. Um, yeah. It's these glitches like we we get wonderful ones. We had one where a, a shoe store you'd go online, you'd search for the shoes you'd like. It's like uh, you know that color, yeah. that size, at the basket. Ka-chung, you'd look at the basket and say, those are not the shoes I clicked on. <laughs> it's a different pair of shoes. And that was a that in the end wasn't even a problem on the website so much as in their back end business logic right. yeah. that they put put in Duff data yeah. website I tried to render and it defaulted to shoes SKU number one or something like that and so very wasn't really the web front end or web technical team at all to blame right. um, so it is complicated so so organisations you know some people are some retailers are only just really going hell for leather on digital in the last year. You know, yeah. they, weren't, they weren't really present online and everybody is now so yeah completely yeah i mean that was what i was going to add actually that, that we we're talking about the overall climate at the moment um obviously we've been through multiple lockdowns now and the initial sort of panic phase and so on and then obviously the reactions that have been going on How, have, have you seen um a lot of uh businesses actually trying to you know rush even harder to um drive the change to help engage better with this kind of new shift in accelerated online purchasing at the moment. Yeah, I, I think that's that's probably a general trend yeah. across all of retail. You know, it, whether you're a starter and, and all you had was two pages on WordPress and suddenly you wanted to start selling online, right up to the big guy saying, you know, our stores are closed. Uh, we better do, you know, we better accelerate some of those new better features we wanted on the on the online store. Because yeah. that's you know, so I mean, we've got clients like uh, Dixon's PC World Coes, you know, and they do yeah. is it six billion turnover company, and that you know, their online doubled, and yeah. it's, that's, that's and that's a big number to you know, yeah. it's already a big chunk of their turnover, and now it was a, twice as big. So there's yeah. huge, and of course we know people have had problems on you know warehousing and ability to ship the product, yeah. Um, yeah. but a lot of websites are, have changed a lot, and people you know want to change even more this year. Yeah. Um, yeah yeah and like some of the functionality that you experience and come across that 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 brands are looking to change you know improve enhance what sort of things have you seen it it varies from you know people doing Mm. more and more sort of marketing plugins things that the marketing guys can do without a lot of tech involvement yeah um you know i've got some some maverick views about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning in this space but you know so whether it's plug it, you know, plug in to do better search or personalization, right through to people saying we've just we've been putting it off, but we've got a re-platform now. You know, this yeah. technology is so long in the tooth. Yeah. The technical debt is killing us. Let's re-platform, yeah. but let's try and do it in six months, not yeah. not the eighteen months we were thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. Having said that, some big organisations have just you know last year a lot of those projects were shelved for a while. Uh, so yeah. now it's waking up again, and people are you know there's a yeah. lot more activity. Yeah. Um, What's the um... I want to hear these maverick views of yours. Uh, well, it's because I'm, I'm a weird guy because I started in technology. I did a degree in electronics at, at Cambridge and then I shifted across to business, commercial marketing and I've been yeah. a CEO for a while. And uh, so, so so I'm unusual in that sense. So there's, there's it's funny how technical fans get picked up by the mainstream. So two, yeah. three years ago, it was blockchain. Right. Blockchain yeah. is going to be a wonderful thing. And there are some niche areas where it really helps, but most of the, Lots of startups were offering blockchain yeah. competition to to Uber taxis, or loads yeah. of those have come and gone. You know, yeah. millions have been invested by VCs and wasted because it was a problem looking for a solution. Yeah. Um, 
but more currently machine learning and um, there's no doubt that machine learning as a technology is just advancing incredibly rapidly yeah yeah and um some of it's quite funny some of it i don't know if you saw the dancing robots from boston robotics that no boston, i mean those robotics use a lot of machine learning although they, they have to train them to do those cool dances mm. um but you know solving complicated medical biochemistry analysis and so on beating everybody at chess and go and games but in the in the so there's some real benefits but the places where it doesn't really work is where you want where you want more than 80 85 percent mm. you know machine learning tools are great if you say i've got this huge data set there's no way we're going through this manually yeah. there's no simple statistics or spreadsheets we can do so let, let some machine learning train up and you know we'll tell it which of these profiles are customers and which aren't and it'll come back and tell us what future customers might look like and if you're happy with an 85 percent accuracy that's that's great um because you can't really tune it once you build it you can't tune it to make it better that's the problem with it it's a black box so there are places like that yeah. doing stuff that you couldn't do before um but in a lot of places when people say it's ai it's really just a bit of statistics it's just a bit of spreadsheet thinking uh yeah. if a client does this and a client does that did that and they showed up here then they're in our sweet spot and we'll target them it's that's not really machine learning no no i i, I agree actually I, when i a lot of people, I think, badge the AI term, throw it around a lot. But like you say, um, we would say Segmentify is a machine learning platform, ultimately. You know, we can say AI, but it's machine learning. You yeah. know? I think yeah. you're right. You know, one of the reasons why Segmentify has been able to really help brands is because it does combine not just a black box algorithm side of things, but has that ability to tune them um, either on an individual kind of, you know, variable level, whether it be a specific brand or variant level um logic if you like um but also from a segmentation point of view as well so you can really start to dive down into that database and actually create your own custom segments which has become very popular mm. it just gives much more power to the brand to say well hold on a minute it's all very well saying that you've got your your richie riches you know your vips and so on but actually, I've just noticed that people are scrambling to buy nappies, you know, or whatever yep. it is. I want to do a segment and a campaign around those users um, to obviously maximize the experience coming back to what you said at the beginning, your CX and your journey for those particular users. So I totally agree with you. I think our, our whole business globally has noticed how that ability to bring that, that sort of finite detail to the table to enhance the machine learning does, in fact, you know, push the boundaries that 85% and take it I up. Think yeah i think that's spot on because you know the, the the pure the pure ai you know often over promises but i think what you do segmentify as you say gives it that extra level of detail that extra of of, of knowledge and insight and segmentation around it yeah. and then and then it becomes really powerful yeah absolutely yeah 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 it's been a, it's been an interesting journey for us because we'd always had that kind of bespoke logic within the platform but more recently you know from customer demand it was it was more around how do we get more out of our data, not just from a one-to-one -one user experience point of view? You know, you go on a website, you're going to want to expect that if you're looking at uh, a medium, you know, jacket in a price point of 150 quid and it doesn't happen to be in stock, you know, you are going to want to expect something equivalent uh, within those parameters. And that's really almost a, a given in, in a good machine learning platform. Um, and then obviously the speed to deliver it. Uh, mm -hmm. But then the customer demand started coming through the woodwork, through the account manager function. It was like, you know, we need more intel. We want to be able to build our own customized segments. And then obviously we got to work sort of six months ago. So it's been exciting developments based on demand, the sort of things you're talking about, you know.
Um, so moving over to you know what you do within the CX environment, tell us a bit more about how brands are really ensuring because it's all very well me talking about segmentify, you know, putting it on a site and all the rest of the stuff like we said at the beginning. How do you um, address making sure that the CX experience is optimized um, to customers whilst they're driving change, testing, whatever else they're they're trying to do? So and that's that's you know that's exactly what we do. We want we want e-commerce directors to sleep at night, and we want we want e-commerce merchandising business guys to better crack on with getting mm. the job done, changing some stuff fast, doing the digital yeah. transformation fast, without having to worry about you know that little gap between what we had thought we built and what we actually built, and the glitches in the middle. Mm. So that's really what we do. At one level, you can say we are basically mystery shopping on steroids. That's what our tool does. Really. It actually wow. visits your website and does what customers do. Yeah. With all, the, all the complexity and intelligent choices and yeah. randomness and, and so on. Yeah. Um, so by doing that and you know, our core focus focus, you know, eighty percent of what we do is on live sites because that's right. the only that's the only truth, isn't it? Is your live site. Sure. Yeah. Obviously obviously companies do lots of testing in the various stages of software development life cycle yeah but it's only when you go live with all of your plugins all of your stuff all of your cdns all of your cloudy stuff whatever it is yeah that's the only truth you've got and so that's that's what we measure mm -hmm. so we measure that 24 by 7 and our yeah. and our, our our magic source is that our, our software tool is you know is intelligent it's able to to respond to the, the way your site changes so if you have a mm -hmm. if suddenly you have a sale section pop up that wasn't there before that's fine. We'll find that. We'll we'll uh, we'll track that as well. We won't we won't uh, throw up any errors. Similarly, when it disappears, we won't say, "Oh, it's a failure. Your sales has gone." Because yeah. if, if you know if a product's no longer findable yeah. on your site, we'll never complain that it's not not, yeah. you know, not viable. We're always looking in the live site, mm. doing what customers do, um, and so to a great extent, mm. it's it's like a it's almost a fit and forget it. You're, yeah. We work closely with with e-commerce you know, tech tech guys and delivery guys yeah. to provide a whole stack of useful information for them so they can fix stuff. But at the manager level, it's like, here's, here's the wallboard. You know, it's all green. Yeah. Okay, guys, I don't need any meetings this week. That's fine. You know, carry on. Good work, guys. Keep yeah. it up. More releases this week. Great. Yeah. Uh, or, oh, I can see some red, you know, on Friday night, guys, you know, can you make sure that doesn't happen again? Yeah. And if the, and if the tech team say, well, you know, you know, that, that problem we've been talking about, yeah, that's why we want that budget. That's why we want two guys for a month. So that the boss can say, okay, I'll give you those resources. As long as you promise that it won't go red again for that reason, it'll be green from here on in. So yeah. again, it allows the management to manage that, that gap between yeah. what we think we've built with our tech and what we've actually yeah. built. Because it's quite tricky. You know, a lot of organizations have quite a long bug list that yeah. you know, they, they're aware of, everybody has a bug list. Yeah. And so we're able to help you prioritize it and say, you know, we can flag up how common these are, et cetera, uh, and just take away all that. So a lot of what we say, Dixon's called us years ago, you know, we help to unite the tribes. At a senior level, we unite the teams mm. in your organization. We stop the, the little friction between marketing and, and tech. Yeah. We yeah. stop the friction between internal tech teams and external tech teams doing stuff. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we stop we stop fights between retailers and their AB multivariate yeah. third parties when they blame each other why the, yeah, the AB yeah. test didn't work and yeah. Yeah. it's not providing the value you promised. We don't want to pay the money and it's like yeah, but yeah, you know, we find weird things like you know they thought they were putting fifty percent on the AB tests, mm. fifty fifty, and they weren't. So 
mm. Mr. Titsis, they were making decisions on were not wow. true anymore. That's important, uh, isn't it? That's, that's really important. Yeah. yeah. You, like, I mean, going just a, a little bit deeper in terms of the tech, if you like, I mean, it sounds really, really exciting around. So is it is it automated um, algorithms or something that are driving sort of large load processes around what a human might be doing with the site and picking up the glitches that it somehow feeds back? Yeah, but it's, it's pretty close. I mean, there's two core deliverables. There's the 24 by 7 one. Yeah. So that as you release, we spot things immediately. Yeah, day and night, you get automated alerts detecting problems and so on. Yeah. And then we have the, uh, the 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 as planned load testing, stress testing, where we're going to thrash your website, right. so you can prove beforehand yeah. how big is our online store. Yeah, yeah. And our magic source there is we don't just tell you a meaningless number like ten thousand concurrent users, which we hear all the time. It's such an easy number to get from your system, but it means literally nothing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because 10,000 people hit your homepage, go away. Yeah. That's 10,000 users. Yeah. 10,000 people of whom 3,000 put three things in the basket and check out and yeah. 3,000 search for 10 products. And that's yeah. still only 10,000 users. So totally yeah. different uh, load on your website. So yeah. the load testing uh, is done you know, out of hours and, and planned in advance so that uh, we're not inconveniencing real customers. Uh, so yeah, so the, the, the tool has got a lot of years of business logic and awareness of, of what how websites work and what choices are so that so yeah. that we can track a lot of the site changes on your website um without throwing what's you know what's the bane of testing mm. the problem with any testing is you end up with false false alerts right. uh, and particularly when you're digitally transforming and changing the website and doing stuff and doing plugins mm. yeah normal testing approaches you keep getting errors that aren't errors and so a lot of people back off from testing the live site for that reason yeah, yeah. They only test a safe little environment earlier in the in the software process. Uh, so that's our engine done. It's very intelligent. It looks at the stuff. It really looks in the live page. It's not making assumptions about what ought to be there. It's just yeah. saying, is the product there? It yeah. clicks on the buttons. It finds out. You know, there's there's so many ways that yeah. clicking on the add to basket button doesn't work. Mm. You know, there's so right. many combinations that can cause that to fail. Yeah. But yeah. it's only by us doing it that we find we we find them out. So um, it's a bit like testing taking a car for test drive. You know, yeah. you can do stuff in the garage. Very interesting. Um, could... I'm just thinking even in my own experiences, when you hit a 404 page, for example, you know, just like a simple broken link, I'm imagining it's going to pick up stuff like that pretty Yeah, pretty I mean, that's, that's, that's the easy yeah. stuff, yeah. We... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does it yeah. run like thousands of tests like per second or something? How does it, how do you, how do you cope with the volume of all the things you have to test and stuff? Yeah, for, I mean, across all of our clients, we are running thousands of tests a second, yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Um, you know, when we're low testing, yeah. It's tens of thousands a second, you know, yeah, yeah. per client. I mean, I'm, mm. our guys who do the, the Curry's low testing, they call the the four hundred twenty thousand pounds per minute club, because that's how many TVs they buy when they're they're low testing. Uh, that's probably out of date. That was that was yeah, yeah. a couple of years ago. Because it's obviously a huge website and a huge huge capacity, you know, user yeah. capacity. Um, but obviously, twenty-four by seven. We we're not we're not going to load the website down for that. We're measuring it. We are running combinations of journeys. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah. but you're not going to notice particularly in in the traffic there at all. No. Um, so and it's a really thing to, to start. You know, it's a really because everything we do is from outside doing what users do. There's no setup time. You don't need to talk to your software guys about plugins. We just kick it off. So okay, what what are we doing? Let's have a look. Let's start some stuff, and we yeah. just start tomorrow morning. And start yeah. feeding you back the results. You know, um, I realize, I mean, something that, that's really interesting, isn't it? Like around this, and, and, and you mentioned it um, before we came live, was about 
how sometimes you know technology providers like Segmentify, for example, would potentially take ownership of a website for a time, even in a test mode maybe, but then switch that to live, um, where you know you're creating the divs and maybe the the widgets and so on. So I mean, in that scenario, it'd be perfect, wouldn't it, to be running tests and making sure that anything that when you switch that from a test environment to live is is spot on, is being checked by the security guard, twenty four seven to make sure it's all tickety boo. Absolutely, it's 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 risk reduction. It's insurance to say whatever you've just changed, go hell for leather. Yeah. But we'll we'll keep an eye on it for you in case yeah. something slips through the net. Yeah. And it, you know, as you say, it's about different teams. It's about you know, we we're, we're no longer in control of our own websites. You know, retailers are trusting you for some other stuff. They're yeah. putting in other plugins. So there's yeah. all sorts of JavaScript and code that their site depends on mm. that they don't even own or control. Yeah. And yeah. it's changed hour by hour, hour by yeah. Yeah. one of these third parties. Some of which, uh, uh, you know. Some of which they've got a, a say over. Some of it's just they're buying in a, a SaaS service, yeah. and they've got no say over mm. what JavaScript changes are made. So, so it's really hard to blame. You know, who's something goes wrong? Who's yeah. what's happened, and and, and where is it? Um, yeah, yeah. What about the um the the code audit type stuff? Does it all pick up like legacy code that's on a website doesn't need to be anymore? Things like that as as part of standard sort of process picking up stuff. Yeah, I mean, we start we start the high level. We're, we're measuring the speed of every page. We're videoing every page, so you can also look back and say how you know what what, what was that glitch? What, what does it really look like? And we're saving every component that makes up the page, so you can start at high level and say, "Gosh, we've got some pages that are much you know why is this page two meg and that those are only one meg?" Or yeah. so you can start from the top. How is that impacting the the yeah. delivery? Um, and then yeah, we're we're it's very much a managed service. We work with clients as well as them getting the. Yeah. You know the automated alerts and reports will be pinging them saying gosh we've just seen this happen mm -hmm. you know we've seen that happen at two other two other clients are using the same plugin or whatever you know, just yeah. be aware or gosh yeah i mean sometimes we act as kind of user experience yeah. advisors saying do you realize it's seven clicks for those shoes but only three for those gosh that's not very user friendly <laughs> uh, not our job to comment on the class user experience design yeah, um read it back isn't it for sure but it's, it's good for you but, it's, but yeah. it's, certainly in terms of libraries we say gosh there's a whole yeah, and the yeah. whole pile of JavaScript coming down that's just not used anywhere. And yeah, they probably need to tidy up. Um, just a little bit about um, ThinkTribe itself. I mean, I'm interested. You know, what what territories you serve, and also, um, you know, give us your feedback on the types of brands that would really get the most out of this type of technology across, you know, any specific verticals or size of businesses, and and so on. So we we work with over fifty, uh, mostly UK uh, blue chip retailers. So we've got. We've got the fast growing guys like Fitflop. Uh, we've got you know classic, classic fashion or whatever, Marbury, Jigsaw, Bowden. We've got mm -hmm. Electricals, Dick Dixon's, Coe's. We've got big brands like Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Um, we have we have non non e-commerce as well, finance sectors and so on, where people quite big in ticketing and events where again where your website experience is key. Um the the, the point where we particularly add value is where you haven't just started on the internet e-commerce sales path but you're getting a bit bigger you've got you've got more complexity happening you're trying to do more with your plugins and your platform mm. you're experimenting with segmented fire you're bringing in personalization you're bringing in stuff and it's starting to get quite a lot of balls up in the air mm. and that's when you know little glitches can can really hit your customer experience and it's really hard to keep everybody on the same mm. the same wavelength and talking the same but you know a common set of metrics we can come in and clarify save a lot of friction save a lot of meetings so it's people of that kind of transition um yeah. so so it's not the very small retailers who are just starting but the ones who are starting to go up and are starting to accelerate fast mm. 
Mm. I was talking to last week to some guys. They were doing three million, you know, last year. They're doing fifteen million this year. You know, the lockdowns really helped them hugely. So they're the kinds of guys saying, "Gosh, mm. we've been doing this on a shoestring and doing it, but we've really now got to yeah. do this properly. Yeah, sure. and we need some help to prioritize." And completely. If you were to put, I don't know, any sort of numbers behind the types of businesses in your experience that really benefit from this kind of thing, I don't know, say in terms of traffic levels or, um, you know, transaction levels or something, how do you, how do you quantify that normally? Um, any pure play retailer who's doing more than, you know, three or five million online should be thinking about this stuff. Um, so certainly anybody who's doing you know, more than 10 million online, it's just worth it, you know, that. Mm. If we if we're not finding one and two percent of glitches and slowness, you know, which we do every day, yeah. then you know that's worth fixing it and and yeah. protecting your long your your long tail and just yeah. protecting the bigger stuff that gets through like the problems where yeah yeah you, know, yeah. you can't you can't have it so all the all the Android guys have a have a problem with several hours you just can't afford that in today's world yeah um, really no it makes a lot of sense. I mean, so if, any, if anyone who, who's been listening and watching um, wants to get in touch with Think Tribe, what's the best way to get hold of yourself for a chat or one of the team? Uh, ping, reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. There aren't many Derry Joneses, D-E-R-I Jones. It's a pretty w rare, wacky. I'm a, I'm a half Welsh guy. Um, so say. yeah, find me under, under Think Tribe on LinkedIn. Awesome. That's great. And just to finish off then, um, give us your golden nugget for our for our viewers, something out of the vaults of Derry Jones's vast experience. Ooh, golden nuggets there. Um, <laughs> I should I should charge those, really, shouldn't I? Um, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. Uh, what's, what's a golden nugget? Um, I think it's just that uh, it's it's realism. It's customer experience is the final battleground. Forget having the best products and the best services. That's that's not possible to be unique anymore. But it's yeah. the customer experience. So get realistic. Get I guess get get your teams together. Get your tech guys and your marketing and merchandising guys together, and say let's measure this. Let's have a single truth so that we don't get tripped up about this from time to time. So that kind of bring the teams together is yeah. the way forward. Oh, I completely agree with that. I mean, culturally, you're tapping in there, aren't you, to making sure there's communication and honor between the teams so that people can work without you know the usual things that ruin businesses, right? Any toxicity mm. or stuff and if you like you say if you've got a realistic way of measuring stuff and like you said at the beginning you know giving unity between the tribes uh, you know that's a that's a great um that's a great uh gold nugget takeaway for sure well um Derry, thank you so much for the chat thank you phil it's been you know a pleasure talking to you yeah yeah it's been really really appreciate having you on um and just remains me to say to to you guys uh, if you haven't already and you want to sign up to uh, get any future episodes of the of the show and obviously access dairy as well uh, whenever you want um just chip over to segmentify.com forward slash egs and as always if you're interested in being involved got any questions dairy or i or anybody on on the on the series then uh, just give me a shout anytime i'm at phil at segmentify.com all right but uh, have a wonderful uh, rest of your day and uh, have a have a productive lockdown Let's hope we um, we um, we get out soon and uh, can start enjoying life a bit more. But uh, thanks again, Derry. Thank you, Phil. Take care, guys. Bye bye.